Doug Skeen, former Wolverine, part of the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast with Chris Ballas. He's standing by here on the Huled Show across Michigan. How you doing, Skeener? I'm doing great, Bill. Happy to hear your voice. Yeah, trying to figure out what's going to happen Monday. Well, there's a lot of questions, isn't there? They're all the same ones I've been circling around as exactly as you just mentioned. How will our offensive tackles hold up against their speedy defensive ends? And how will our defensive front keep their quarterback inside the fence, per se, and keep him from running around and really hurting us? I think those are two keys. And, and then, like you just said, uh, you know, the his, historically, historically, Coach Harbaugh in bowl games, not all that good. And so we'd like to see a change in that. And, and as I said in every big game throughout, you know, ever, you watch the first quarter, the first couple series for both teams will be scripted, planned out, very detailed. And then when you go from there, after that, as we, as we saw last year, and as we saw two years ago against Georgia, if it still feels really uncomfortable and things seem kind of haywire and it's a little crazy, by the third or fourth possession of the first half, you get to the end of the first quarter, and it's a little crazy lookout. That means we're not comfortable, and that's when things have gone sideways for us in these playoffs. Why? Why has Harbaugh struggled uh, in the postseason? You know, I'm talking bowl games or college football playoffs. Uh, the last two appearances, the first two for Harbaugh. And what would you say from your observation deck, knowing the game of football at all levels? Why the struggles? Uh, by play calling, game planning, counter game planning, whatever Georgia TCU did to Michigan, other bowl teams have done to Michigan. Why why is that break not helping Harbaugh more than it's hurting him if he's this highly wanted NFL type head coach? Yeah, I, I think there's two there's two categories to the answer to that question, Bill. First of all, is non playoff bowl games with Coach Harbaugh. A lot of those years, he, his top players didn't play to get themselves ready for the NFL draft, or some guys were hurt, or who knows what was going on there. So we, we were missing some guys, and I think that can change the chemistry of, of the team that takes the field when you know you're not in full power, and it feels like an it feels like it's an exhibition game rather than a playoff game. So there's one explanation there, and I think that's part of it. And then. Secondly, in the last two years in the playoffs, that Georgia team was a steamroller. We just got ran over uh, physically and just athletically. I'll never forget a couple of those plays that those guys in the defense made against us, just covering the field. It was like, it was just, it was a stark difference, right? And then last year against TCU, I think we definitely got a little cute playing calls on our side of the ball. I think we outcoached ourselves in a few moments. J.J. makes a couple critical mistakes and throws the pick sixes. And TCU was ready to play, and, and, and we weren't. I, I really look back at last year and think, for whatever reasons, that Michigan team felt like, oh, we're just going to show up here and we're going to take care of business and get on to playing against Georgia in the national championship game. I'm not so sure that they were as tight as they could have been. Now, how those things developed, Bill, these are the, these are the questions that are answered inside the walls of Schembechler Hall. From what I've read this year, it looks like, it sounds like Jim has laid off the intensity of practices a little bit to try to get his guys as fresh as possible. I know there's limits with the NCAA anyway and how much you can practice live football, but it's a, it's an interesting question. I I, I think that uh, you know there's there's there maybe there's too much time to think and overthink things. And you go out there and you get out of what you do best. And last year against TCU, we couldn't trust, you know in that first part of that game we couldn't stuff the ball in the end zone. 
that great offensive line we had, we couldn't get five yards. So then we end up doing some reverse pass thing with, with Loveland, who'd never thrown a college pass in his life, and that turns into a mess. So we just need to execute what we do well and keep our quarterback clean, and I think we'll be all right. But it's, it's a mystery for sure, but the facts are, Jim Harbaugh in the playoffs and in, in, in the postseason, not a good record. That needs to change. For the most part, Harbaugh has had slow starts to every season he's ever been a part of at Michigan. People will talk about, hey, where's the play calling? It's, you know, whether they're number one in the country or it was a transition year like, you know, COVID, that, you know, he had that, they had that really good game at Minnesota with Joe Milton. And then the, the COVID season just completely fell apart. I think they came home and got like just owned by Rocky Lombardi, who finished his career at Northern Illinois in the MAC. I, there, there is the coaching staff question that, all right, so we're sitting down at the college football poker table, okay? You, you me, Ballas, uh, Safey, Superfly, and we get to draft and say, what coaching staff would you want the three weeks to get ready for their opponent? What would be the staff in college football you would want? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think most would say Saban, right? Well, in this in this matchup, yeah, I'd put my money on Saban. If you went over the last few years, would you take the Georgia staff? Would you take the TCU staff last year, who I think outcoached us? Uh, I there's some good questions in there. I think I think the Michigan staff under Jim Harbaugh would be last of the choices, just because of the realities of what we've seen. It's interesting, man. I, I think it's JJ McCarthy and the defense containing the edges. I know I sound repetitive all week long, but that's where I'm at right now. Contain the edges. Don't let the Alabama quarterback get loose on third and sevens and go run for 21 yards. Make them throw. Contain the edges. And J.J. needs one of his best games in a Michigan uniform. No question. That is the answer. Keep the quarterback from Alabama inside the fence. Make him sit in there and be a quarterback. I don't think that's his strength. I think his strength is with his feet. And let J.J. have the game of his life. Our offensive tackle's protecting him. Bill, I believe Michigan's going to find a way to do this, and it's going to be 31-28. Go Blue. 31-28. Yeah, I got like 21-17 Michigan. I, the one thing they have, while, while, or when we break down and why we do it, the coaching staffs and everything, this is the most athletic 11 on defense I've seen from Michigan. Not they, you know, They've had Hutch and other guys who have stood out, right? Uh, but I'm talking the speed to the ball. I find this to be the quickest Michigan defensive unit speed to the ball that I've ever seen. Yeah, they're they're very, very impressive. It starts in the middle with our interior defensive line protecting Junior Colson and letting that kid run free and make tackles. Our back end is really strong with Jonathan over there in the corner. Hopefully he's, he's healthy, ready to go. We've got good safeties. I feel pretty good about our defense. And, but you're right, Bill. This is this is you know a fundamental change happened after that COVID year, and and after we got our faces rubbed in it by Ohio State for the better part of seven eight years, uh, and and the fundamentals change. I've, I've said this. You and I have talked about this. I think Jim, stop looking for great athletes that happen to play football, and he started looking for great football players that are also great athletes. And there is a difference between the two, and that's that produces tougher, more violent football teams on the field when you get football players first that are leading your team, showing the way, and it started three years ago now with that that Aiden Hutchinson-led organization there in Ann Arbor, 
they changed they changed the way Michigan plays, and it's been fun to watch ever since. It reminds us of the way we used to do it, and I think this is the recipe that's gotten us this far with all this success, and hopefully that does not change. And also when you get guys who are football players, you get a better culture, okay? And I think you're seeing this uh, somewhat with Ryan Day in Ohio State that you can go have all the five stars and NIL money and Rolls Royces and anything you want, but I'm telling you, at the end of the year, even look at Florida State right now, and look at all these opt-outs everywhere. Finding a culture where the guys want to go play for each other and win for each other is still, I think, the toughest thing to do in coaching at the D1 level. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely one of the toughest things, and that's the special sauce that we've talked about. It's that chemistry in that room where you've got this healthy balance of competitive desire to win and beat each other out to, 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 to get the starting job, but the Michigan coaching staff has done an awesome job in the last few years of making a lot of guys beyond the obvious 22. A lot of guys feel like they are starters because of the rotation you see, especially on defense. So many guys play. They all feel like they, they play a critical role, and you get better buy-in in the meetings and better buy-in in practice and better buy-in in January and February when you know the season ahead is going to heavily uh, depend on what you do as the individual. So, that recipe has worked really well really well for Jim the last few years, and that's why we're here. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, also a co-host with Chris Ballas at the Wolverine.com on the weekly Michigan football podcast, talking about Alabama and Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh, it, it feels like if the right NFL job is there, he's gone. Skeen, I don't, I'm not privy to any, you know, side door backroom conversation. I just, I, I feel that the offer has been there for a while. He hasn't signed it. If there is the right NFL job, he will go, but I stress it has to be the right one. I totally agree. I've been saying it all year back to the summer when we were playing golf and, and we talk about the hamburger <laughs> witch hunt for coach Harbaugh with the NCAA. I felt like it back then, and now with this, uh, you know, the, the sign-stealing mess and everything, it's still so un-yet-to-be-determined un- there. And then I think you throw a little more, Bill, I think you throw a little more juice in this with his brother having arguably the best team in the NFL, maybe the hottest team going into the playoffs right now. Jim's one of the most in- incredibly competitive guys anybody that's ever been around. And he came, came so close to that Lombardi Trophy with the 49ers. His brother got it. I think he desperately would love to have another shot at it, and the clock is ticking. He's had a ton of success now at Michigan, making his third run in a national title. I absolutely believe if the right situation comes up, he'll jump to the NFL, and I don't blame the guy for doing so. If I were a football coach and I had my choice between the stability and the roster rules and the set regulations of the NFL versus the wild, wild west of college football, the NIL, the transfer portal, in very, very difficult ways for any coach in America to keep your roster intact, I would choose the NFL if it were me, and I won't be surprised if Jim does the same. The re-recruiting of players, the transfer portal, the NIL, uh, the different mindset of guys even wanting money for recruiting visits to some schools. NFL, you don't deal with that. Guys know what they're getting paid. They know their spot on the depth chart. It's all business. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why the stability I mentioned is it's a sure thing in the NFL. You know that whether you're the coach of the Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys, Miami, or Seattle, doesn't matter, you're in a level playing field. There, Of course, there's other challenges to be said for different 
organizations throughout the NFL, and it's probably a little harder to get free agents to come play in Detroit than it is to come play in Dallas or Miami just because of the geographic location, but those things are the only differences in, in college football. If there's, there's hardly any rules, Bill. I mean, we, we know, you and I know, and you can read all about it. If you get a star player on your team, good luck keeping him because five, ten or more other Division One teams are going to call that kid get a hold of his parents or his uncle or whoever the decision maker is and offer a ton of money to jump in the portal and come play. And this is happening all over the country and there's nothing any coach can do to stop it. And that's why I think one of the main reasons guys like Jim Harbaugh and others that have a chance to go to the NFL will take it. I agree. hundred percent. Doug Skeen. Wow. Me and Skeen agreeing. It must be the holiday uh, season. <laughs> Man, uh, happy New Year to you. What a weekend with the Lions and the Cowboys on Saturday night. Michigan, Alabama on Monday, then Washington, Texas, the game right afterwards. Those winners will meet in Houston. One final thought looking ahead. If I'm Michigan, you want Washington to win that game. You don't want Texas having a home game for the national championship. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. I like I like our matchup against either one of those teams. Washington obviously has a great quarterback and some great wide receivers, but I think they have some other vulnerabilities. I'd say the same thing for Texas. And the crowd noise may be a little bit bigger down there in Houston. Yeah, it might be a little bit more of a home game. Uh, the, the Longhorn fans will be there in droves if they, if they find a way to get there. But uh, I'll be happy with that matchup no matter who it is if we can find a way to get there. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, late 80s, early 90s, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast at TheWolverine.com. And enjoy the New Year's Eve weekend, that game on Monday, and we'll talk next week. All right, Bill. Happy New Year, and go Blue.